This is the Negro League Podcast with Preach Jones. Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs. We are sponsored by Mo Better Soul Clothing. Go to MoBetterSoul.BigCartel.com. Enter the code Negro to save 10% on your next order. We are also sponsored by Down East Records. Go to DownEastRecords.com or on Instagram. It's Down East Records. All one word to get some vinyl for your collection. Enter code Negro. Get 10% off on your order. Shout out to the homie Matt uh, being a sponsor for the Negro League Podcast. Um, it's been a while since I've been in this bitch, man. It's been a minute. Uh, you know, the cool thing about all this is there was once upon a time where when I used to do this pod, it was me talking to a microphone by myself. Uh, not sure how many motherfuckers will listen to it. Shout out to the two people. Hey, mom. They used to peep it out on a regular basis. And then we just started doing interviews. And I kind of got a little spoiled where it's like, oh, I got to find someone to talk to. Uh, but, you know, I've been busy. I've been tied up. I've been uh, working on a new project, working on a new album. Um, I'll add that song at the end of this episode. The song got called How Does It Feel featuring the homie Juan Holiday. That was on the episode of the podcast with a uh, tall black guy a few episodes back. Uh, the song's produced by my man Chris Charles. Um, yeah, we had that at the end of the episode and all that good shit. Um, but it's just been just been hectic, been busy uh, between working on the new album and, and writing and doing my, my other thug fizzle. Um, you just kind of fall out of the loop for a little bit. Uh, and I wanted to come back because uh, I didn't want to lose the momentum for the most part. But it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's been a lot of shit that's happened since then. Um, I don't even know how I can kind of like reverse engineer to figure out the last thing I talked about. There's a few things I'm working on to get some really, really dope big interviews uh, for this podcast. I can't talk about it right now. Uh, but when it comes to fruition or when it completely falls apart, I'll tell you all what I was doing. Um, let me think. What is new that's going on? Well... Kaepernick's about to get a tryout uh, this Saturday uh, with the NFL. Uh, it's going to be held in Atlanta. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity to, to throw over some teams. Uh, there is some uh, speculation that there's two teams that might try to sign him already. Uh, even though like the approach with the NFL thing seems really, really weird to how they set this entire uh workout session for us like usually you'll have like individual teams that would set all this up but the but the nfl's like no we're gonna we're gonna do this ourselves and if teams want to come they can come you know <laughs> everybody's talking about how suspicious it sounds and i don't think it sounds suspicious i think it just sounds like the nfl right they're trying to give some cover to a lot of these nfl teams that are scared to kind of be the first people in line to say they want to sign kaepernick so what better way to add cover than to let the league kind of put this thing together and you can kind of show up and bring your people if you want to so um, I'm happy for Cap, even if this opportunity sounds really weird. They're doing it on a Saturday and not a weekday, so a lot of um, head coaches aren't going to be there. But, who, who, you know, I, I think from Kaepernick's perspective, he never talked about a fair chance. He just wanted a chance. And I think that if, uh, if he goes out there, he's going to show his ass, and it's going to be dope. So shout out to him. If he gets on the team, I feel excited for him. Um, I think Jay-Z had a lot to do with this. I know we want to give him a lot of credit for a lot of this stuff, but he's been really quiet since 
the botched rollout that they did like a few months ago when the season started. But that was one of the things that I felt uh, at the beginning of the season when the the, the partnership with Rock Nation and, and the NFL. I was like, yo, I think Cap's going to get a tryout. Um, and now it sounds like he might end up on a team. I think there's teams that want him, and they were just a little too scared to kind of come out and be the first motherfuckers to say that they wanted to get him. So shout out to that. I think that's the, the newest thing that's been going on around here. Hopefully, I mean, I'll put this motherfucker out as soon as I record it. But probably a couple of days from now, after the tryout, we'll, we'll know more information, um, especially and hopefully if he does a good job with what he did and all that good stuff. Um, what else has been going on? Oh, I went to see the Harriet Tubman movie. Um, I wrote a review about it uh, for the Free Times publication I write for here in Columbia, South Carolina. First and foremost, here's, here, all right, here's where I want to go with it, right? Is that as soon as I heard that there was a Harriet Tubman movie coming, uh, there was a lot of, I can't stand there to be another slave movie. And it wasn't white people saying this shit. It was all black people. And all the black people I know, they're the ones that kind of come out the mouth the most. Anytime there's something that involves slavery on film, they kind of freak the fuck out and get angry and talk shit about it. Um, I have a few thoughts on this. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing to have these films, um, especially if it's us writing them and producing them. So I'll I'll never go against uh, black people telling black people stories. And that's just one of the things that's just really important to to us. It's like, you know, we got to tell our own thing. And I think that, you know, no one ever talks about there's too many World War II movies, there's too many Holocaust movies. Like, nobody says that shit. Like, man... There's another World War II movie that came out that that was PG-13. And that's my rule. Like, man, if there's a fucking war movie that's PG-13, eh, you know what I mean? Like, but no one says anything about that because they'll make those movies to the end of time. So um, I'm more concerned about the quality of the movies that might involve the antebellum South. Um, and so my thoughts on the Harriet movie uh, are interesting. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, they shouldn't make a Harriet movie. Or why they're doing this. I'm like, you know, as soon as I saw it was PG-13, I'm like, okay, I see what this is going to be. And and it kind of, it was what I thought, right? It was kind of like the Cliff Notes version of of, of Harriet Tubman's uh, uh, life, you know. So it's like, oh, you know, this starts off where she's married and she is asking the enslaved owner. Uh, oh, he's not enslaved. I don't want to say slave owner, but I don't know another way to say it, but I'll figure it out. Um Asking to be free, they say no. So she's like, "All right, I'm out of here," and and it was kind of like, "All right." She ran away, and like 20 minutes later, she's a hundred miles away from Maryland to Philadelphia, and it kind of like uh, minimalized the type of shit that she had to go through to get free. But I'm like, "Okay, okay, okay." I'm not expecting this to be 12 years a slave. I'm not expecting this to be this highly detailed, authentic uh, story. Here's my beef with the movie, though. Um, I think it was fine. I, you know, I think it felt more of a Netflix movie, and that's not a diss because there's a lot of Netflix shit that's like doing well. Like, you know what I mean? Like the Dolomite movie is a Netflix movie, and 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 the Irishman is a Netflix movie. So that's not a diss by any means. But I say based on the energy of it, it felt like a Netflix movie. Whereas PG thirteen Harriet Tubman story. My beef is this: throughout the course of the film, uh, she's. Her, the, the protagonist is is uh, the, the slave owner's son who's trying to chase her because, you know, she gets away, but then she keeps going back to the same plantation several times to free 70 other enslaved people. Um, 
outside of the movie making that scene really, really simple, because it's like, you know, just think about it. It's like she's traveling on foot 100 miles each time. They just make it seem like, all right, she just went and picked these motherfuckers up. Uh, okay, I'll let that slide. But the biggest issue to me was the the person that's been chasing her the entire movie is a fictional character. And I understand that a lot of these films, there's going to be uh, fabricated characters. I'm cool with it being a, what do you call it? Tertiary? <laughs> I don't know how to say this, like Worcestershire sauce. But like being like a, a character further down the totem pole. But it's like a, if it's a main character and it's made up, made up kind of irritates me. And, 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 I, and I said in my review when they talked to, I think her name is Cassie Lemons that, that wrote and directed the movie. She's like, oh, of course I embellished. Like in order to like make movies and write these scripts, we have to embellish these stories. And that was kind of my complaint where I'm like, Harriet Tubman was a black woman in the antebellum South that freed 70 enslaved people. Why do you have to embellish that? Because that story sounds pretty fucking amazing. <laughs> right? Right? It sounds amazing without you having to make shit up to throw in there. So that's so that's just me being a little picky. Because uh, there was a scene with her, with with Harriet and the imaginary slave catcher, chaser guy. And, and I'm not trying to spoil anything, but it's like, she gives this speech and it's weird and it feels awkward. And it's like, eh. But, you know, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, I, I felt like, the two components that ran through my mind when I was in the theater, there was a lot of white people and there was kids. So I'm like, all right, if this is something to make it digestible to get younger black kids to know the history of Harriet, so be it. All right, I, I'm cool. Um, but I'm not going to bash it. I think a lot of people that were trying to bash it before they want, before they watched it, I think that was just kind of the PTSD that we feel with this stuff. It's like it's two things. I feel like we don't want to see it because it hurts us kind of to the core to see a bunch of stuff that involves slavery. And I think also living in the South is kind of a big deal because it's like, uh, I got to live here with these crackers. <laughs> right? Like, I don't want to spark no shit. I got to live around these white folks, you know. And, and I live in Columbia, South Carolina, where maybe about a mile and a half from my house, our state house, we had a Confederate flag there. Until 2015, 2016, when it was taken down after Dylan Roof murdered nine black people in the Charleston Nine shooting. Right? Like, that had to happen. And even when that happened, like, it was begrudgingly taken down. Right? Like, there was a rally to take the flag down after the shooting. And then there was another Klan rally um, of them being frustrated that it was being taken down. And I went to the Klan rally. And I'll tell you why I went to the Klan rally. It wasn't because I want to be around Klan members. But, you know, it was a friend of mine that was a photographer for the AP. And he's like, yo, this is kind of a national thing. If I get pictures for this, I could probably get paid for it. And I thought it was a good idea. And the funny thing about it was earlier that day, I'm DJing a, a pool party, right? And it's, it's, it's summertime. It's cool. Not cool, but it's hot. But it's dope. And it's a fly event. There's like food, there's people dancing, there's people swimming. And my friend is like, yo, can we leave this amazing pool party so we go to the Klan rally? Like, how many times in my life am I going to say a sentence like this or hear a sentence like this? It's like, it was fucking surreal. And I get there to the to the Klan rally. And I'm like, hey, here's a speech. I'm taking off my rings, taking off my watches. And I'm like, look, you're probably going to hear a bunch of nasty racist shit when we go out here. And I'm like... Somebody gonna call me nigga. Somebody's gonna yell at me. Somebody's gonna do this shit. You gotta let it go. But if somebody put their hands on me, are you ready to go to jail? And those were the conversations that 
we had to have to go to a, an event like this. And when I went to it, I thought it was the worst thing I've ever seen, right? And it was also kind of a pussy move, too, because I think about it like this. I'm also kind of interested in going there outside of my friend trying to go to the Klan rally. I'm like, all right, who the fuck am I going to see that I know from my city that's at the Klan rally? <laughs> right? <laughs> Who's the people that I'm that I'm going to recognize from motherfucking Trader Joe's that's at a Klan rally? And then I realized this. Here's what these motherfuckers do. I'll tell you guys a little, little game. Give y'all some game. So I'm in Columbia, South Carolina. The people that filed for the permit to have the Klan rally were from Shelby, North Carolina. So the idea is, if we're going to do a Klan rally in South Carolina, let's get our North Carolina chapter to come to South Carolina. So we don't, so so we ain't going to be recognized by motherfuckers in the community. So my theory is. Let me see the next time they have a Klan rally in Shelby, North Carolina, or somewhere in North Carolina. That's what I should go to, because I'm going to see the motherfuckers that I know. Like, hey, Phil! Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> nigger! <laughs> right? <laughs> but I say that to say, that's a mile and a half from my house, and it wasn't that long ago. So, when you look at black folks here in the South, it's like, man, you know, I, I gotta live in this shit. Like, I don't want to rebel rouse and all this type of stuff. So there's that PTSD that I think that that black folks, specifically Southern black people, we deal with while we kind of like anti anything slave related or anti anything like, you know, shit. I, I write about Kaepernick in, in our local paper and the hate mail that I get is kind of insane. Anything that's talking about race relations here, motherfuckers don't want to hear that shit. So I get it, you know. Um so yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff that that the PTSD that I think we experience of of not healing collectively with a lot of this stuff because we just don't talk about it. I mean, think about it like this: the movie that black people quote all the time is "Motherfucking Color Purple," and that is a very depressing fucking movie. We laugh at it now, we make jokes about it now. Maybe that's a way of healing about it, eh. but it's a depressing fucking movie. Um, so yeah, there that goes. Uh. Let's see what else has been going on since the last time I had this podcast. Um, I don't know if this is ever going to see the light of day, and I guess I'll mention this kind of publicly now. Uh, uh, I was I was featured at this thing with uh, Senator Harris, Kamala Harris, where she came to Columbia, South Carolina, and we had kind of a uh, a barbershop talk, and and it was really really kind of funny. Like I was asked to kind of be a part of this conversation, and it was really dope. It was a uh, <laughs> Uncle Luke from Two Live Crew was moderating, <laughs> which I thought was like, all right. Um, it was Uncle Luke, uh, Senator Harris, a uh, couple of local politicians, uh, the gentlemen that owned the barbershop that we were in, and it was me. And there was a bunch of cameras in there. There was like a CNN thing, some local news, ABC News, National. I, I don't know where this talk is going to end up or if it's going to end up anywhere. Um and I, I, it was really cool meeting her. She was really sweet, and she, beautiful woman. I mean, like stunningly beautiful. But uh, you know, <laughs> I, I guess it's not a reason to vote or not to vote for somebody. But I say that to say, I didn't approach it from a you know an endorsement thing. I approached it kind of from a journalist perspective. Just like, all right, let me be kind of quiet about affiliations. Let me just talk and see what she has to say. Um, and it was a really really dope great experience to, to to have a conversation with her. We talked about things that um 
my interest specifically in the African-American community where if you think about, like it's one of the questions I asked her, I said, you know, I think looking at Obama, there was this paranoia that if he made any comments or tried to push for policies that specifically helped black people, that he felt like that he would get a lot of blowback from that. Right. So you, you see like when, when Hillary was running and Elizabeth Warren was running, they could say stuff like, oh, we want to get a bunch of money and donate it to HBCUs and specifically help the African-American community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They could say that. But I felt like somewhere in Obama's mind, he's like, I don't want to be, you know, coined as the black guy giving shit to black people and then maybe they'll hold it against me or whatever. So there was this paranoia. So I asked her, does she feel um, that pressure? Right. And aside from there being a pressure, I think it's kind of accurate that there needs to be stuff that we do that we focus on us. Um, and so we talked about uh, home ownership. We talked about student loans. Um, and it wasn't a very, very long conversation. It wasn't like a one-on-one conversation. It was kind of like a roundtable discussion in barbershop chairs. So it's sort of like LeBron James' The Shop uh, with us in there. And it was a really, really cool experience, even though I wish we had more time. Um so I bring that up because I don't know if it's going to end up on TV somewhere or they do something with it. I don't know. But I just thought it was a really um, cool experience uh, to have. And I don't know. Good luck tour. I think um, I think the field is getting a little crowded. There's a few new people that's trying to, trying to bring the names up. I think Beto dropped out a few weeks ago. Uh, that I think that happened since the last time we had a podcast. Um, I don't know. I want to be optimistic. I'm so terrified that Trump is going to get another term, even though there's impeachment hearings going on right now. <laughs> right? Like, literally right now. It's like, I mean, but God damn, man. Can we just try that shit like like, like American Idol and just vote a nigga out? <laughs> right? We just <laughs> text code. Get the fuck out of here, too. Blah, 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 blah. Like, let's get this nigga out of here. Um, I'm a little terrified that, that, that Trump is going to get a second term. And that's kind of another thing, too, is like me publicly... Um, I ain't bashing the people that's running uh, for the Democratic Party because I'm basically like, yo, whoever gets in there, I'm going to be behind them. I don't give a fuck if it's an avocado right now. Like, we need to get Trump out and we don't need to split this vote like we did last time. So it's interesting. And, and I'm kind of taking a lot of this stuff in where there's a couple of opportunities that's coming up where I might be able to talk to a few of these people that's that's running and it'll be a really cool opportunity to, I don't know, bring up these concerns that I have and, and see if they have any solutions uh, for any of this stuff. So stuff like that was going on. Uh, what else? Doing the music, writing. Uh, I saw Harriet. Did I see anything else recently? Disney Plus is out. I haven't seen The Mandalorian or I don't know how you say it. Because the first thing I did when Disney Plus came out was rewatched Endgame that I haven't watched since April. And, you know, when, when Tony snapped his fingers, that shit still is kind of emotional, <laughs> right? Uh, the Watchmen has been very fucking good, man. I, I think we need to give Regina King her motherfucking flowers right now, right? I, I think that she's incredibly stunning. But, like, let's, let's put it in perspective. Like, Regina King... Played on 227, Boys in the Hood. She played in, oh, 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 what's happening now? Oh, wow. Y'all remember that? It's taking you way back, all right? Then she played Riley and Huey and the Boondocks. 
Outside of her winning an Oscar for Beale Street, which she was amazing in, I think she won an Emmy for American Crime. And now she's doing The Watchmen. I think that she is one of the the greatest actresses, actors that we have in this generation. And she's a black woman and she's fucking incredible. And I'm shooting my shot, so I'm going to send Regina King a DM. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. But yeah, I think she's incredible in the show, even though I don't understand half the shit that's going on with the show, but I think that's kind of the beauty of it. So if um, you know people aren't very familiar with the Watchmen story or the, or the, the graphic novel, you might want to do that. There's a Cliff Notes version of explaining some of this stuff on YouTube, so just watch that. And on top of that, it's like I like to be kind of in the dark, right? Where where I trust the writers. Like you know, if if, if there's something you're confused about, I want to trust that they're going to show me in the end uh, what's going on. I think that's cool. Um, hell, what else happened since last time we spoke? Oh yeah, Kanye finally put his uh motherfucking gospel album out, <laughs> the, the Jesus King record. Um. Man, I have no interest in that shit at all. I think that, uh, I think he's just gone. Like, he did a couple of interviews, and and it just was really weird. And and I actually wrote a review about the album, um, and my tagline was, I listen to Jesus is King, so you don't have to. And I think that's kind of, like, kind of accurate. I, I, I thought it was kind of funny where it's like, you know, they pushed this record back, I don't know, five or six motherfucking times to have a song about Chick-fil-A. And nigga was just like, you're my Chick-fil-A, you're my Chick-fil-A, uh, my number two with the lemonade. I'm like, all right, so this album got pushed back 30 times for that. I'm good, <laughs> right? And plus, I don't want to be the guy that like fusses and complains about there not being any good music because there's a lot of great fucking music that's out there, right? So like every Friday I do a post on my Facebook page. I'm like, yo, what y'all listening to? And I think that's really, really important to, to spend more time talking about the things that we think is dope as opposed to kind of bashing the shit that we don't want to fuck with. So that's kind of one of the reasons why I really don't want to focus on this Kanye shit um, too much because I I really believe that there's so much great stuff that we don't need to, to worry about. That nigga. Um, I'm trying to think what else is out. I know the new Prince book is out. It looks amazing. I haven't bought it yet because it's $30, but the shit is heavier than the motherfucker. So I definitely want to check that shit out. Uh, there is a book by Morris Day that came out, I think, around the same time. Um, you know, Christmas is here, so you you know, I want to spend money on <laughs> on books. So all my homies that got that want Christmas gifts and stuff like that, I'm getting you a book or a t-shirt from obetasoul.bigcartel.com. Ah! Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I'm going through my, my 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 mental Rolodex, and I'm sure there is. I just think that it's you know. Some shit kind of happened, and I'm like, yeah, okay. I think the last thing that happened was like, I don't know, since the last podcast, like Popeyes is back. Yeah, okay. You know, chicken sandwiches and shit like that. Um, I think as I looked at my news feed, oh, yeah, there was the NFL fight last night where uh, Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers got into it, which I'm kind of excited about that. Not excited as in you want to see a fight, but, you know, I think it'd be kind of dope for, you know, 
the news cycle not to be all on Colin Kaepernick for them to try to bash him. So, yeah, this kind of gives the cap workout a little cover, which I'm kind of excited about that. So, yeah, I, I'll take it. Um, Carmelo Anthony is back in the NBA. More power to him. Uh, the Lakers are looking really, really good. Um, I think Doc Rivers and Austin Rivers got into it. Uh, when they played the Clippers, when when the Clippers played the the Rockets, and Austin Rivers was was pushing for the referees to give his dad a tee and kick him out the game, I thought that was funny and pretty uh, light skinned, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, hell, what else is there to talk about? I think that's about it. Kovac Black about to do three years in prison. Um, I think that's it. I, I, I think uh, as far as new music, Royce the Five Nine got a new record. I got Ti on it. Um, I think LeBron's looking good uh, for the Lakers right now. Houston Rockets are looking Houston Rockety, where James Harden is is you know scoring forty something points a game, uh, but it's still very fucking ugly to look at, and um. I don't watch Power anymore, but I tell you, if you if you guys listen to the Joe Button podcast, listen to them talk about Power is probably the funniest shit on the planet. Uh, I think Joker came out since the last time I did the podcast, which I guess everybody's seen it by now. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I think that's it. I, I, I think I'm kind of running around the block with all this stuff. Um, shout out to the homie Sanford Green, whose book, Bitter Root, that we've had him on an episode of the Negro League podcast. His book, Bitter Root, has been picked up by Ryan Coogler, director of Black Panther. They're going to produce that into a film. That shit is coming. Um, and that was pretty, pretty amazing, great news. Hopefully, I can grab him to do an episode uh, with the other creators of Bitter Root. So uh, I'm throwing that out there. I'm going to send him a text message to see if I can get him up in here. And shit, I think that's about it. I don't think I want to talk about anything else. I, I, I think I've rambled enough uh, back to the old, good old days of me just talking to myself. Um, so once again, I'll put the, the song at the end of this episode of the podcast. Um, and this is it. This is an Eagle League podcast sponsored by Mo Better Soul. Go to mobettersoul.bigcartel.com. Enter the code NEGRO to save 10%. We're also sponsored by Down East Records. Get your new record today from Down East Records. You can go to downeastrecords.com or Down East Records on Instagram. Type in the code NEGRO to save 10% on your order. Shout out to the homie Matt, founder of Down East Records. Um, always picking and finding dope shit to put on the website. Um and to sell for your convenience. Um, I think that's it. Song coming up. How does it feel? Preach Jacobs featuring Juan Holiday and produced by my homie Chris Charles. Talk to y'all soon. Chill. This is Morgan Freeman. And this is a Mo Better Soul production. Preach Jacobs and Chris Charles only paid me for 20 seconds, so I'm going to make it count. I need you to listen to this song. Talk about love. Preach. Let them know. All I ever want to loop my penmanship. Problem rise, work it out like your membership. My sentences on a page. Combination of depression and rage. Honesty, cocky shit with a chunk of modesty. Need inspiration, the world's berserk. Simply alone like the girls with the hurt. They say I move slow, I move methodical. Feel it in your gut, pierce your abdominals. I wish me and my brother were closer. We barely speak. I lost friends I love, and now I mean it very deep. I'm direct, not suggestive. 
Fuck being passive aggressive A man stand on his own if he gotta stand it alone I know I'm easy to love, harder to like baby I listen well, you know who you are When you out in that field Truth don't care how it's revealed Forget how the sound showed it How does it feel? Yeah. 